Hello, Salat fans, and welcome back to the latest episode of Shrews Views here at the Shropshire Star. My name is Johnny Jury, and as always, I'm alongside your Salat correspondent, Ollie Westbury. Oll, how are you, mate? We've got a we've got a lot to talk about today. How are you anyway? How was your weekend? Result aside. Oh, Johnny. Oh, I'm devastated. Yeah. I don't know what to say. I don't know You'll what have to say. You'll have to say a lot. You've got a lot to oh, say. I know. I know. We've got, we've got a bloody <laughs> podcast to do. God. Um, how was my weekend? My weekend was, yeah, well, uh, as you can imagine, covering football is so much better when the team that you're covering is doing well and when they're not doing well. It's fairly bleak. The fans are unhappy. Everybody around is flat. The kind of the manager, you know, was as probably as flat as I ever have seen him since he's been in the job. Um, when he came out and did his post match, he was his answers were much shorter than they are normally. Um, and yeah, the whole vibe is very, I would say, somber would be a good way to describe it. So, how was my weekend? Um, I love my job and I love covering football. So, you know, I'd never been to Bloomfield Road before, so it was um, it was it was nice to go there. It was just a shame that uh, you know that, that that Shrewsbury didn't really really turn up um, at all at any stage. You should have. Um, um, we talked about it last week. You should you should have maybe gone to the the ballroom dancing, the street yeah. dancing after, shouldn't you, to cheer yourself up? Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I think that would have. Well, it wouldn't have cheered me up because I don't like it, but my other half likes it, so. Um, I think I'd have been thoroughly, I'd have been just about as miserable there as I was at Bluefield Road, to be quite <laughs> honest. <laughs> to be fair to the Shrewsbury fans, they sung all game, to be fair. I thought they were really, really good, actually, at Bloomfield Road. Um, you know, they they were not given anything to cheer about at all from by Salop, but uh, I thought the fans kept going and they kept singing. I was I was actually having a chat to a few friends in the in the away end just before kickoff. And uh, it was it was quite rowdy in there, you know. It's quite rowdy. They looked like they were having a good time. The Shrewsbury Ultras were there in the corner with the the the, the Stone Islands on. You know, you know how it is. You know, with football fans these days. So, it is um, it is a unique grind. You know, we will come on to all the Salad fans. We will come on to all the chat because we've got to talk about um, what unfolded at Bloomfield Road. But it is a unique grind, Bloomfield Road, where whereby the press box is directly next to the away end. They li- they can literally touch probably touch your laptop. So it is a a very much a unique experience up there at Bloomfield Road. Yeah, I mean, Shrewsbury only brought nine, 930. So there was a bit of a banner in between the away end and the press box. So they weren't quite as close as uh, they could have been. Um, but no, no, no. Yeah, 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 it was good. It was good. Um, nice ground. Little sausage roll at half time. Lovely jobbly. Um, so it was, it was want, decent. Yeah, exactly. Want, Being looked oh. after, mate. Being looked after. Good man. Unfortunately, it was bookended by what was probably the worst day of the season for Salop with that 4-0 uh, defeat. It started badly. It was bad in the middle from the look of it, and it was pretty bad by the end of it. The result doesn't look great. But Ollie, it seems like the performance, you know, if you get beat 4-0 against us, you know, Blackpool are a championship side last season. If they pop you off the park and score four unbelievable goals, it's hard to take, but you can probably swallow it. It sounds like this one was harder to swallow because of the performance that went alongside it. The goals were, the goals were, you know, came a lot from mistakes and errors and, you know, things like that. But I, I think, 
I mean, I, I said, I said, I said so in the piece that I wrote for Monday's paper. Obviously, that piece that I do every week, which is a long read, and it pretty much sums up, I suppose, my feelings on on a weekend of football. And I and I use the, the you know the analogy of it's it was a boxing match where, you know, if Shrewsbury were one boxer and Blackpool were the other one, Shrewsbury never laid a glove on their opponent. And I think that was that was the the biggest thing. I mean, uh, it's something else that I wrote is you can go to Blackpool and lose. Because I mean, there was a there was a bit of a debate going on on Twitter yesterday about it, you know that that I said that a, a draw at Blackpool would have been a decent result going up to Blackpool, who are I think the second in the home form table in League One. Uh, obviously, got some good players um, and play well at home. Um, so going up to Blackpool um, was is a tough game, and that no reasonable I mean some people aren't reasonable, but no a no reasonable Shrewsbury fan would go to Blackpool expecting with a bare minimum of we must win this game. Now you can go with the hope that you might win this game. And and I'm not saying that that game was not winnable. It's not what I'm saying, but nobody would have been driving up to Blackpool saying that this is a failure if we don't win this game, because we should be winning this game because it's just not what it is. Um, Now they could have got a point and, you know, and and it feels like in years gone by that they would certainly have put up a lot more of a fight than what they did. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's like they failed to really lay a glove. And, you know, I suppose there's, you can go down swinging and, you know, there weren't too many times last year where Shrewsbury got completely and utterly played off the park and and never laid it, never laid a glove on their opponents, maybe Ipswich twice, home and away. But, I mean, look at what, how they're doing now, by the way. But, you know, this, this was a, a particularly, particularly poor performance that saw, I mean, I know Shrewsbury had two shots on target. One came in the second minute from Tom Bayliss which was a good piece of individual skill. And then I think Dan Udo had a shot like five minutes from time, which dribbled into the goalkeeper's hands and was the easiest stop. But that was that was it, really. And there was no threat going forward. Um, and it was just a bleak, miserable afternoon that, you know, you can go, you can, it's acceptable to lose to Blackpool. It's acceptable. But to put in a display like they did, was really just dis- dis- disappointed and I felt sorry for those 930 fans that and that you know they just didn't look like they believed that much to be fair they just didn't look like they believed um which is generally seems to be the way when they're playing away from home at the moment which is something that needs addressing and it needs addressing ASAP Rocky yeah you the belief thing is, is interesting you know we all know I'm going to talk about the home and away form and the difference in it in a second but is it that sort of lend leads me to think you know it's maybe a, a site we hear it all the time don't we a psychological point of view whereas you know they're in that away run now you know when they're going somewhere like Blackpool it's almost you know I don't want to say this because they're professional footballers and they're going out there to try and win the game but almost beat before they started you know the first goal went in you know very quickly and and from reading you know what you've been writing Ollie and and what we've seen of the game it, they never looked like a way back no, and I think that's one of the biggest problems, isn't it? Like, especially when they're away from home. They've scored two goals all season on their travels. So the moment you go a goal down, you kind of think, and what was it in the 19th minute? They went a goal down, you kind of think, well, the best that we can probably... And this is this is just, just like an opinion, just my opinion, but like probably at that stage, you're thinking, well, probably the best that we can hope for is a draw. And that's when you go a goal down. Um because of the goal scoring record um so yeah i mean i mean i'm maybe it's end with it to be honest johnny i, I, I don't really know what to say 
Um, it's just a tough moment at the moment. It's just a really, really tough moment. Um, yeah, I mean the home and away form. In terms of that, out. Ollie, does the does you know we you know like there was a I was right reading your pieces before we come on today as I was prepping for the podcast and as bad as the away form is, you look at the home form and, and Salva pretty, yeah. pretty high up in the home form. Does that? But from what I'm reading. You know, and, and we're gauging from the questions that we've got in today, which we're going to go through. We've got quite a lot of them from Salat fans. And I know that's maybe not a massive pool of people and, and might not be a true reflection of the whole Shrewsbury fan base. But is the home form enough to mask over the away form? From what I'm reading at the moment, it doesn't seem to be. Um, but you're on the ground more. What what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, the home form is better. The performances have been better. Um, they played. They played well at times at home, um, you know, that game against Derby. But that, I think that's the thing. They have shown that they can do it. They have shown that they can turn up against good teams, perform and get results because they did it against Derby and they should have beat Derby 3-0. I mean, 3-0 would not have flattered Shrewsbury that day. They were excellent. And I think that's the thing. They have shown that for, at time to time, they can turn up and they can put in performances. But it's consistency. Consistency is the problem. I think I've mentioned it before on this podcast that, you know, it's an issue for town and it has been an issue um, for the majority of the season. Now, consistency away from home, there's been a bit more consistency, but, you know, in the wrong direction, really, they've been, you know, the, the results have been consistently not the ones that they would want. Um, so I don't know. I think, like, I don't know, performances are, are, are a big one. They got out of jail a bit against Reading, didn't they, with those two late goals, but they, they weren't particularly great that day. But, you know, they took advantage of set pieces, which is such a big and such an important part in League One. So I, I, it's just a really, it's, it's just a really tough moment for them at the minute, isn't it? It's just not. It's like it felt like a kind of a day on Saturday where you know, like the the Monty Python song, "Always Look on the Bright." Is it? Is that the one where it goes? Oh no, no, no! It's the one where it goes. Anything that could go did go wrong. Da 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 da. I didn't think you'd be singing at me through the computer screen when we started this uh, this podcast today. I'll... But not just that. I mean, it's two two goals. It's not Monty Python, actually, um, that song. But that was kind of what it felt like. The two went two goals down. Then Tom Bayliss, probably the, the team's most creative player, gets injured. And you're like, oh, my God, like like somebody throw me a bone. Like, like any chance of something going our way and like who knows how long he's now going to be out for. Um, so, yeah. And, and then to top it off, um you know, the, the the two goals that kind of, I mean, 2-0 would have looked respectable at least, but 4-0 looks like a bit of a thrashing, doesn't it? And it didn't really flatter Blackpool, to be honest. It's just, it's hard. It's hard. It's a hard moment for everybody involved at the minute. Um, yeah. It really is. I just want to talk about Tom Bayliss just for a second. I'm going to play devil's advocate with um, the sort of injury side of things. You know, it's a big blow and we'll have to wait and see. I imagine uh, Matt Taylor will reveal more on that on on Thursday, it's pretty much press conference. But yes, you know, there's a lot of fans at the moment, growing number of fans who, who maybe sort of aren't having Taylor, you know, on the back of the away form and uh, and the season so far. But you have to say that he has had a, to go up against a lot of injuries, to be honest. You know, yes, last season, the manager last season had to do the same as well, but they've had injuries to, to sort of signings and, and key players, you know, players that have come in and they thought they were going to, someone like Kieran Phillips, for example, you know, who, who they had really high hopes for coming in and know coming on the back of an injury. And now Tom Bayless, you know, 
we all know what Tom Bayless can do. I've seen him last season. You know, he was outstanding for Shrewsbury last season. So yeah. there is that, bringing balance to the argument, there is that side of things, isn't there? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I believe that the injuries this year have been worse than they were last year. I, th- I think that we, it just hasn't been mentioned as much uh, this year. Um, probably by Matt himself, he's kind of like approached it in a case of, yeah, we've got injuries, yeah, they're killing us, but you know, just can't get on with it. Um, was that wasn't quite, you know, it wasn't quite the same last year, was it? Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I wrote a list actually. I was looking through my emails this morning, and I wrote a list, and the injury problems at, at one stage were worse than what Town had when they played against Plymouth. Um, at the end of last season um, and, you know, had kids on the bench, had Cade Craig starting. But I think what's what masks it is that they've got a bigger squad now. So they have got players that they yeah. can pick from who are senior squad members. So it, it kind of max, it just max, it masks that problem, you know, because you think, oh, yeah, we've got injuries. But then you think, oh, yeah, but, but you know what I mean? So I think that's part of, the thing is that because actually Shrewsbury's squad is bigger and it's deeper, it's dealing with it better because you've still got first-team players filling a first-team bench. Whereas for big, big moments last season, that was not the case. Um, you know, that game against Plymouth, where I think they had six blokes out injured, six players out injured. And there were suspensions and everything, but it's like suspensions, that's just part of football, isn't it? Like, you know, your players get too many yellow cards, they get suspended. Well, they should be more disciplined, shouldn't they? Um so, yeah, I would say the injuries are 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 playing a massive part. Um, I, I I don't want to be like particularly making up excuses for them uh, at the moment because at the end of the day, the the results and the performances then that you know they're yeah. not good enough. So no, I, I don't want it to exactly make to make like I'm an apologist for them. But but it is it, it you have to add balance to the argument. Like we can't just we can't just like completely hammer them they are being they are being like, like it feels like at, at any stage that, that has matt taylor had had his best 11 players available to choose from well i think we know the answer to that and then what then doesn't help is when you lose nohan kenner to Ma- and max matter on international duty so then you've got even less players to choose from um so it yeah it's been it's been it's just been a ba- it's been a real battle it's been a real battle, hasn't it? So that's where we are with it, really, I'm afraid. Um, no. So they've got injuries and some of them don't look like they're going to be back anytime soon either. Um, so yeah. there you go. Situ- situation doesn't look good on a number of fronts. Just a quick shout out for our sponsor, as always, our podcast here are brought to you in association with the Kettle and Toaster Man, the graded product specialist, some fantastic products and some fantastic brands in their store over on Thorns Road in Briley Hill. And if you want to get your hands on them, you can also go to kettleandtoasterman.co.uk. Right, oh, we've probably got a record number of questions today and you can tell what why the questions yeah. so uh salad fans have stepped up today they've obviously got a lot to a lot they want to talk about we're going to start with one it's, it's quite easy really and we answered this um last week uh al lewis 36 do you know any more about the swedish takeover rumor um i think we said yeah in the last podcast yeah um what did i say nothing's close nothing's close yeah nothing's, nothing's close, close. Yeah, i said that a week ago i haven't actually chased up on it uh, in the last week to get an update on that but yeah it's not something I expect to be happening anytime soon yeah um yeah I mean yeah I mean uh, if if you have a listen to what I said last week but it, it was nothing more than that really just nothing's close um, yeah. smoke and mirrors and all that jazz 
Right, onto the field. Ian Gibson, or at Salop Runner, has got in touch. Why are balls through the middle destroying us when on paper our centre-backs are one of the strongest parts of the squad? And that's a good question. All you know, defensively is where Salop, you know, excelled last season. I know Matthew Pennington has left the club. Um, why? It, I suppose if you knew that answer to why they're destroying why they're destroying you, then I'm sure I'd be a football manager. I'm sure Matt Taylor would love that answer. But <laughs> yeah, and he say it, it's I'd a, be on the it, coaching staff. It, yeah, <laughs> it's an it is an interesting question, and that probably at the moment million dollar question. But it's. Yeah, it's it's strange, isn't it? You know, they were so tight last season and the, a lot of the personnel hasn't really changed. Yeah, I think last season we had, well, well, well I think, that, well, I would say, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know whether this is the actual reason or not, but I mean, I think it links in with one of the questions that I saw that was further down is that I think last year we had that real, that real energy and drive in midfield coming from Leahy, coming from Killian Phillips. I mean, Killian Phillips was an absolute animal. He got around the pitch so well. He was full of aggression and energy. And I think it's a real specific kind of uh, build of player that can really come in and do that role in central midfield. Um, and, and I look at, I suppose, the midfield pairing. Uh, injuries have not helped because injuries have, have left Carl Winchester at right wing back when probably his best position and where he would help the team most is in midfield himself. Um, so hopefully once Elliot Thorpe gets up to speed, he can play at right wing back and, and Winchester can move into midfield. But I, I, I would have said that we probably, you look at Saturday, we've got Elliot Bennett playing in central midfield who probably hasn't got the energy that he would have had, you know, probably five years ago. And then we've got Taylor Perry also in there, who I think has done pretty well and has been one of the success stories of the summer editions. But he's probably more of a number ten than he is a deep line midfielder. And I and I I would probably say that 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 might have might have something to do with it. You know, you know, uh, our midfield pairing when you compare it to like the likes of Luke Leahy and Killian Phillips and you know, where we were at at the back end of last season. It was a real engine room. It was a real strength of ours. I'll probably say that although the centre-halves aren't that different, in fact, I think we're probably in a much better place um, in terms of centre defender, central defenders as we were last year because we've got more, although we've lost Matthew Pennington, who, of course, played for Blackpool this weekend, we've got more depth. Obviously, Morgan Feeney back in training, you know, getting close to, to, to kind of making his mark on the side and you've even got other lads... Um, like Aaron Pierre, and so so there's, so there's more that there is more depth um, to that to that to that kind of uh, area of the field, um, but probably in front is probably an area you know like a central defensive midfielder is an area that they could do with you know addressing in January and trying to get someone with real energy and legs and you know being able to get around the pitch and it's really there I suppose that is a position that is really that's their onion. That's what I used to call it when I played cricket. You know, it, someone's best shot or someone's super strength, as they call it, hard court. You'd, you'd say, "Oh, that's their onion," and that the, what their meat and drink is is a player to play, you know, in that holding midfield role to get around the pitch to, you know, have energy. Um, so I, I, I would potentially say that maybe it's not completely the back, you know, the back three's fault. Um, uh, I mean, admittedly, there's mistakes in there. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not denying that. You know, I thought uh, it was too easy. The fourth goal, how the that ball just got played straight through the middle, and and obviously he went through on goal and went around the keeper, um, which was disappointing from a Shrewsbury Town point of view. I thought, uh, yeah, obviously, that Joe Anderson got turned 
by the by the right wing back and you know that that was also too easy and obviously Flanagan brought down the tricky Dembele didn't he in the box and there's three kind of mistakes I mean it's difficult for Flanagan because if he doesn't swing a leg at Dembele there he's probably going to slot it into the corner anyway so he's got to make the challenge he just mistimed it. it was bad execution which happens doesn't it but I think I suppose you look at it from that perspective and think that you know Maybe I've waffled on a little bit there, but but I would have said that you know sometimes maybe it, it might be what's in front of uh, of you know at the moment because they 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 are heavily impacted by injuries and Nohan Kenna going off to play for Liberia and all those kind of situations as well. So they're they're very much at times like scr- scraping the barrel to kind of get a team out, aren't they? To you know, and they're not they're not at full strength, you know, in midfield. They're not that they ain't got them options and probably going away to Blackpool. You your first choice central midfield pairing because like, I know that they like uh, Nohan for off the he's off the ball work and I think when you go to Blackpool you're expecting to not have as much of the ball so I think that's when he kind of comes into his own whereas Elliot Bennett is very good on the ball he's very composed he can pick it up as a deep line kind of midfielder and he can switch it uh, and he's good with you know set pieces and stuff so I imagine that that game, if you'd have asked Matt Taylor, what's your first choice central midfield pairing from the players that you've got fit and available? Well, not fit and available because obviously no one can or wasn't available, but in the squad who are fit and those two players are fit, he would probably have had Winchester and, and Kenner playing in that midfield role there. Um, so that's what I would say. Salop Dutch Corner has got in touch. Mickey Moore said he wanted to play an attractive style of football this season. According to Opter Analyst, we played an average of we play an average of two passes before going direct. According to who scored, we are statistically the second worst team in the league. How has the director of football got it so badly wrong? Um, how has the director of football got it so badly wrong? Um, I mean, it's or it's not going their way at the moment, but things can change very, very quickly. Um, you know, things can change. Things can change quickly. Um, the style of football, I imagine, the thing is, is that as a coaching staff and as a director of football and as a manager, you, you earn the time to implement your director of, you you earn the, the time to implement your style of football. I think that was one of the things that, that Matt Taylor realised from his time at Warsaw. And I might be, I might have inferred this completely the wrong way, but that winning is more important than kind of getting your principles across. It's something that he said in his first press conference. And I think that that is perhaps the case that at the moment they're firefighting, aren't they? To, to within a certain degree, they are ensuring, they're trying to ensure that, you know, that they get the wins on the board and that they ultimately, they, they, they can stay in the the job as well Matt Taylor will be trying to stay in the in the job as a football manager at Trudy Town for as long as he possibly can and and I think that's that's kind of where where we're at it's kind of like the results are what's important at the moment and they're not going to plan are they so I mean I, I can guarantee you if I said to Matt Taylor on on Thursday you can play really well and and play a real passing, free-flowing style of football, but draw 1-1 with Port Vale, or you can play absolutely pants and win 2-0 from two set pieces. I can tell you which one he'd rather take. I think it, a moment in time is it's been a really difficult start to the season, an up-and-down start to the season, and I think Shrewsbury are taking it game by game, but perhaps not, you know, not in a position where they've got the luxury of trying to play the best style of football. They're just trying to get the results that they can do to kind of... Put, 
I don't know, project them up the table. I don't know whether you feel like that's right, John. No, no, I think that's a, that's a valid point. Just to add it, and, and I think there does, you know, Salop fans, you know, some will have made their mind up, but I do think that there does need to be balance. Yes, you know, I've watched Salop, I, I was there last week and I've watched them sort of from afar a couple of times this season. The performances haven't been great, but I think I, I, I remember you, Matt Taylor making that point and I watched a bit of Taylor's team at Walsall and they did play really good stuff, but they didn't get results. Now, Salop fans will be saying, oh, well, he's not getting results now not playing great stuff but like we said there are there are caveats to that i just want to come on to this next question salop sean um by pretty much every measurable performance stat we are beyond shock and the eye test is even worse do you honestly believe it can get better and he's asked who do you think um we miss more this season lee luke lee or steve cottrell uh well i do think it can get better um without without shadow of a doubt um you know um yeah, I mean, you just take each game in isolation, don't you? Like, it, it can, it definitely can get better. Um, so, I, I, I mean, what was the question again, Johnny? Sorry, I've lost my trail of thought there. So, the question was, um, do you honestly think get get better? And who do you think we miss more, Leahy or Cottrell? Um, yeah, sorry, yeah, I remember where I was going. Yeah, I mean, I do, I do think it can get better. Um, I, I do think it, it, it can. It, I mean, of course, it can get better because they can go and win the next three games. Um, you know, it's getting harder, isn't it? Because each game and each defeat and each loss and each kind of, you know, when I say each defeat, I mean they lost four 0 to Blackpool and it was a very, it was a very poor performance. But obviously, they had won the FA Cup game against, albeit League Two Colchester and albeit against, you know. Uh, League Two Warsaw in the P- Papa John's Trophy, and they had beat Reading. So, like, it's not we're not off on the back of, you know, five defeats. So we, you know, they're, they're, there's context to everything, isn't there? Context is is a, is a massive is a massive important point. And yes, they scored three goals, nine goals in four games, I think it was, because obviously they lost to Bolton in between that. But um, and they were playing. Um, probably lesser opposition, but they did score the goal. So uh, it can it can get better. Basically, it, it can do. Of, of course, it can. Um, but each kind of game that passes by where it doesn't, it becomes harder and harder and harder, doesn't it? Because confidence drops, belief drops, and it just becomes you get into a deep, you get into a rut, don't you? And when you get into that rut, it becomes so difficult to get yourself out of that rut. And that's, I think, something that Shrewsbury have got to be got to be careful of. You know they're they're at home this weekend, aren't they? Against Port Vale, Shrews decent at home, decent home record, good in front of their own fans. Bit of a local derby, isn't it? So the atmosphere will be the atmosphere will be good. So it's it, it's one of those things really for them. They really need to kind of ensure that they they get in there, they get put a good, good performance in, and then move on to Exeter, who are probably in. Well, they are in bad form. I mean, they've lost eight out of the last nine. Exeter have so, you know. That's bad form. Just started yeah. well, didn't they? Yeah, uh, we've got three more questions. Um, Callum McLennan has asked, um, is the manager financially viable? And if so, when should it be done? Um, I'll leave that one to you all. What, is the manager financially viable? What Sorry, is sacking the manager financially viable? Well, I imagine so. Uh, uh, it depend how, depend if the, it's, it yeah, depends how bad it gets. Um, yeah, I, I would I would imagine that, that that if if they felt like they needed to, then they would, yeah, they would be able to to pull the plug on the 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 situation. You know, we're not. Yeah. Are we at that stage yet? I would say 
not not at this present moment of recording. We're not at that stage yet. Um, Robo Rob has got in touch. Do you think Mickey Moore has to take some accountability for where we are without him referencing Scunthorpe, Berry, or last season? And then he's put in terms of lowest away goals scored in English football, second lowest goal scored in League One, second most sorry, second lowest goal scored in League One, second most goals conceded in League One, and second worst goal difference in League One. Now them them stats are, are quite startling. But but just on the first bit, Ollie, we talked about this off pod, didn't we? But you know, about Mickey Moore and taking accountability. I think it's a case of probably everyone's got to take accountability when like, things aren't going right. Yeah, I don't think it's any one individual's fault, is it? Um, I imagine it's, you know, results just aren't going there. The uh, results aren't going their way. There's no hiding f- behind that and performances and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, I suppose there's, there's a part of Mickey Moore that I'm sure that if he had his time again, he'd probably want to do things slightly differently. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's no, it's still, it is November. You know, there's time for them to turn this round. It's not, it's not a done deal, is it? You know, it's getting harder. Like I say, you know, each defeat it kind of gets a little bit more hostile in the crowd, and the fans kind of get a bit more vociferous. And you kind of read things on social media, and you know, the ultimate test is the. I, I was speaking to somebody about this the, the the other day, but the ultimate test is the ground test. It's what when that full time whistle is blown. The fans will make their opinions and their voices heard, um, and that you know that 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 will happen. Um, and when that happens, that's when you that's that's how you know the fan base's true feeling of what's going on at the football club, isn't it? I mean, you can read into a little bit on social media, but you generally find. I mean, there were people absolutely hammering Steve Cottrell last year, and you know that was the third ice. Like what was it like second Irish finish for like 33 years or something along those lines? But like you know, I, I was getting tweets after games and they were hammering him. Um, so you know, you're always going to get people um, like that and like kind of what we say, like you know, like you, you, the suddenly you know, like with bad news and stuff, isn't it? So yeah, I, I imagine that that there is that there is some accountability that everyone will need to take if this doesn't end up working. But that's not to say it won't do. You know, they've got a big game against Port Vale this weekend, and you know, all attentions, I suppose, turn to that. You know, they can they can turn it round. They have the opportunity to turn it round. But like I say, the hard, the longer it goes on, the harder it gets, and it becomes more and more difficult. Partly because of the confidence, and also we don't want to be in a situation too often where we're playing in games where the atmosphere is like it was against Reading. It was very, very hostile that, that day was um, when they went 2-0 down. And that that that's not going to be good for players. Um, that's not going to be good for players at all. Yeah. Final question has come from um, Dub T, who has said, do you think the back five needs to go? That's a, a really interesting point, actually. And I asked Matt Taylor about it uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I think I'm going to write that story, um, actually, for tomorrow. I asked him about formations and he 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 was kind of like, well, but basically I'll write the story because I can't really remember exactly what he said. But does the back five, does the back five need to go? Um, maybe, maybe the back five needs to go. Maybe we need to be a little bit more adventurous and go out looking to to really take the game to the opposition and kind of get on the front foot. Um, Obviously, of course, just maths tells you that you take away a defender and put in another midfielder or another forward that, you know, um, that will help. Does the back five need to go? I mean, I can't see, 
you know, obviously goals. We're, we're, at the moment, we're not scoring that many in the league. Um, I know it's been better, you know, across all competitions, but we're not scoring that many in the league. So goals are still an issue. I'm still probably yet to be convinced that the goal scoring problem is over. I mean, 10 in 18 um, is, you know, especially in the league. Um, so, you know, perhaps switching to a back four would be a good idea. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm, I suppose I'm, uh, I'm not a football manager. We watch a lot of football, don't we? And we see how things work. Um, perhaps, you know, a little bit more flexibility in that respect maybe might, might, might help. Um, you know, if I, if I was, I, 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 it'd be something that perhaps I'd be considering, but um, just to try and get town on the front foot a bit more, kind of win that battle in midfield a bit more, but then still having your forwards, you know, I like 4-3-3. Three, three. Um, but, you know, have town got that, have town got the players for that. I think Mal Benning's better at left back than he is at left wing back. So maybe he could play at left back. Um, so, yeah, but yeah. I mean, at the moment it's difficult, isn't it? Because of the wing back situation. Um yeah, the wing bat situation is a bit of a challenge, isn't it? Because obviously you've not not really got. Obviously we're playing a centre half at left wing back, so you're probably not going to get your, you know, you. Is what is Jason Schreyer likely to go down the right wing, beat three people for pace as a centre half, and then whip in a wonderful ball? Like I think Jason Schreyer has been an exceptional addition to Shrewsbury over the you know the weeks and months since he's since he's kind of. You know, come in and, and come into the starting starting eleven. He's been one of the success stories. But he's, you know, he's playing at left wing back at the moment as well, isn't he? You know, if you could get, you know, an extra midfielder in or an extra body on that side, then you know maybe that might help. Or maybe playing a bit deeper with the game in front of him at left back might, I don't know, suit him a bit more. I don't know. I don't know the answer to be honest, Johnny. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a tactician. I'm not a football man. I write intros and I write stories uh, and ask questions. That's kind of my job. Um, I, I, I mean, personally, I, I do think that might be something that's worth a go, worth a try. Um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see if that happens. South fans, thank you very much for your questions. We're almost out of time, but we're just going to have one more question from myself to Ollie about Saturday back on home soil, Port Vale. The visitors sit in one place below Salab. Ollie. I don't want to get into the realms of I, I hate the I hate the firm the I hate the phrase must win. But given the away form, is it you know is it going to be a bit of a pressurised environment for for Matt Taylor on on Saturday? You know they've got to keep that home form up now, given that the away form is is how it is. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, I think we're getting into territory on Saturday that losing on t- on Saturday's not it's not. Uh, it's not ideal at all. Not, not, not. I mean, probably. I mean, it, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's. It'll be the, the test in the ground and the reaction if, if we lose to Port Vale on Saturday, um, that will be, you know, that that will be the indicator. And I, 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 you know, I saw what it was like at Blackpool. It was pretty hostile. Um, not, not too bad. I saw what it was like when we went two goals down at Reading. We managed to. Uh, survive some ugly scenes with two late goals there. You know, if I think the result doesn't go the way on Saturday, then 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 I would predict that it'll be pretty uh, pretty uncomfortable for everybody um, if that is the case. So, you know, I think uh, a result on Saturday is is pretty vital with the game against Exeter away. Obviously, we know what the away form is like just around the corner after that. So, yeah, we will we we will see, won't we? But. Uh, that's that. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I said. That it, that it's that it is important. Of course, it's important that they try and get a result this weekend. 
Yeah. Ollie, thanks as always. Salah fans, it has been a bad week on the road, but it is uh, back to home comforts again this weekend at the Crag Meadow. And hopefully Matt Taylor's men can continue their form on home soil. As always, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, goodbye. <laughs>